0: Welcome, I'm I'm Andrew Schechter, host of Politically Incorrect podcast on EA Truth Radio, brought to you by Eternal Affairs Media. Every Thursday night, today we have a very special guest who has been on our show before, and I'm going to let him do some of his own intro. He's got a lot of new stuff out, and I'm going to let him tell you how to get a hold of him, and then we're going to repeat that later on. But it's Pastor Carl Gallops, Pastor Carl Gallops, that's carlgallops.com. Repeat A repeat offender on our station, one of the most <laughs> beautiful people I've ever met, most wonderful to talk to. Pastor, give some information on yourself.
1: Oh man, thank you so much, Andrew. Hey, listen, it's great to be on your show again. Thank you for asking me back. Yeah, for your audience, for those that don't know me or haven't heard me before, my name is Carl Gallops. I'm the senior pastor of a church on the Gulf Coast, a Baptist church. It's um, I, I it it's called it's called Hickory Hammock uh, Church because it's on a road called Hickory Hammock Road. But I've been the pastor there for 36 years, going into my 37th year. Prior to that, I spent 10 years in Florida law enforcement with two different sheriff's offices under three different sheriffs, patrol officer and criminal investigations in one of those departments. And so got a lot of life experience, been preaching and teaching the word for, for a long, long time. I am a top 60 Amazon best-selling author. I've got, uh, I think, 13, 12 or 13 books that I have written, uh, you know, for myself. I also do ghostwriting. So there are several other books out there that I've written with other people's names on them, but um, but they have become bestsellers as well. And uh, so that's what I do. I do a lot of Christian media. Uh, I'm an author, I'm a pastor and a former Florida law enforcement officer, and from time to time, a guest on your show. And I sure do love it. Thanks
0: fantastic now the intros are done and thank you again for so much for coming on this show today we will stop for a moment in prayer if that's okay with you to open our show so don't forget at the end heavenly father heavenly father we pray for our good friend pastor carl gallops to get the word out of the word of god to the to the masses we pray for our nation and for our future and that gradually we're seeing your your great works in action and how you're turning things around And we are pushing for you and praying for the glory of your power to to shine over the nation and over all the people that are non-believers to say, look, this really, you really are the most powerful, the beginning, the end, the Alpha, and the Omega, and you have the ability to save our nation as long as we believe in you. We pray this in your glorious name, uh, 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 (laughs) in Jesus' glorious name, amen.
1: Amen. Amen. There you go
0: you can't you can't forget god the most important the most important thing in the entire universe alpha and the omega the beginning and the end that's got to remember that because you're not going to be in the beginning and the end but god will be there and if you believe in god that you will be there too at the end absolutely so with that said i would like to open up we have a couple topics we have some really cool topics today pastor but i'd like to talk first about uh i'm going to call it coincidence and then we're going to go into the other topics we had in your book and some other things but we were talking before the the show opened on on how coincidences are are, are not coincidences necessarily. Um, an incident that I had that was I've had many 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 incidents. I mean I just I follow God and anybody should follow. If you believe in, in Jesus, you've got to believe in Jesus. I had a, a, the most recent incidents. Uh, two of them were really pretty cool. One of them was just today when I had a, a plumbing problem, and it, I, I just met a I met a friend with a project I had with the fire department that I just joined, and 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 he happened to be a plumber, and he came over right right away, and I didn't even question, just came over, helped me, didn't even charge me anything. But there's so many coincidences. We're trying to save a fire department and a great story came up. And they, you know, a lot of stuff happened that could be used. And It came right on the day, just on the day that I needed it. Because if it was a day later, I wouldn't have been able to go to this to a meeting to save this fire department. So, I mean, there's just not such a thing as coincidence. I follow the path because if I had not followed the path, then I would have been. Scared to be embarrassed, or I would have said this is so stupid the way I did it. I actually had a uh, a front page story with it. Like I, I had to arrange it. I said, "Look, God says this is the path." And I called the reporters. I got them together. We had a a meeting with it with our that was scheduled for the, uh, the the borough, and and we won the battle. We really won the battle thanks to Jesus, but only because I followed that path. And I'm sure you can. You've had a lot of instances yourself, being being the man you are, and how you got to where you are now with your ghost writing and everything. There's no coincidence about it. Let 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 my listeners know that. Like I keep telling, them, there's no coincidence. It's all your belief. Am I am I on the right path here, Pastor?
1: Well, listen, Andrew. You are. You're not only on the right path, uh, but you are on the contextual biblical path. the The one caveat is, and I just want to say this for the sake of your listeners because I know this, and that is. It can sound strange to a lot of people to talk about this topic, but that's okay. This is real stuff. The word of God, I, I don't know that there's a passage that says there are no such things as coincidences in a believer's life. However, there are passages that come awfully close to it. And and that truth is is uh iterated and reiterated from Genesis to Revelation, how God moves and works among his people. Among all people, really, but at different levels. In other words, with his people, especially now today, under the blood of Jesus, those that are born again, he does work in their lives in supernatural ways. God is a gentleman. He's quiet. He's the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he screams at us, but most of the time, you just have to be listening. It's like Jesus said, my sheep know me, and they follow me, and they hear my voice, and I know them. And and I give eternal life to them. I mean, we could go on and on with scriptures like that about hearing His voice, knowing His voice, that He is involved in our life. Even the very famous Psalm, uh, "Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death," well there are several interpretations of that. That could be in your dying moments. It could be in the transitional period of of moving from this earthly life into the heavenly life. But through the valley of the shadow of death can also mean just life itself. And we're not guaranteed of another day. Every day we're walking in the valley of the shadow of death. That is Satan's Domain, we are in his fallen world. He's the prince of death, the prince of darkness. Hebrews chapter 2 says that the fear of death is how he controls the world. And then it goes on to say, But Jesus has conquered the fear of death for those of us that belong to him. Now I'm paraphrasing, but it does say that in Hebrews 2. So it's Psalm 23 even though you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, hey, you don't have to fear any evil. I'm there with you. My rod and my staff will guide you. So there's another passage. I mean, Old Testament, New Testament filled with these promises. And yes, you're right, brother. I mean, I've got a lot of life experience. I've been pastoring for a long time, but even prior to that, I was a believer, a very strong believer, my wife and I, even in much of my law enforcement career. And I can remember, um, some surreal things happening. Uh, I should have been dead. I was in several gun battles, uh, got commendations of valor for them. And I'm not bragging about that. I'm just saying that I'm not lying about this. This is on public record. Um, And and I went into a burning apartment complex and pulled a bunch of people out and got all kinds of awards and accolades for that. Wasn't trying to just doing my duty. But the point I'm making is in the midst of all of that, I had several witnessing opportunities because My fellow officers around me for years would notice this stuff, and and I had several of them. One guy said these exact words. He said, Carl, it's like you're walking through bear traps every day, and they're set for you in some other realm, in some other dimension, and he's speaking of the demonic realm. He said, they're set for you, but you walk right through them, and we see it. Some of us, we can see that. Now, I don't want your audience to think that I think I'm Superman or some superhero. I'm not. I mean, I battle the same battles everybody else does. Look at all the disciples. Look what they went through. Look what Jesus went through, of course, for us. But the point is, if you are a believer and you're just trying to be obedient, you don't have to be a Superman. Serving the Lord, having his interdiction in your life, interjection in your life, it is not about being It's not about perfection every single moment of every single day, but it is about direction, and I tell people that all the time. In other words, at the end of my day today, I may look back and say, wow, I really blew several things today. Lord, please forgive me. Please forgive my imperfection. However, Lord, I don't care how far off I was today. I'm still serving you tomorrow and the next day and the next day. It's about direction. I use this example, uh, Andrew, from my own life um, as a pastor for now going into my 37th year. Imagine all the Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and midweek services and Monday night Bible studies with my men and conferences and media, stuff like I'm doing right now, over and over and over for 36 years, week in, week out. Thousands and thousands and thousands of times that I have stood behind a microphone or a pulpit or a camera broadcasting to the world and said, Thus saith the Lord. And, and, you know, and so I asked people, how, Do you believe, don't you believe that there are sometimes I just didn't feel like it? <laughs> sometimes when I'd had a bad day, Sometimes when maybe even my wife had a few cross words to say, my wife and I to each other, uh, kids growing up, and had a bad day with them. Sometimes, uh, don't you imagine there have been times when I've been attacked, trashed, lied about, cursed out, uh, you know, threatened, and then right behind that, I've got to get up and thus saith the Lord, put a smile on my face and tell others about Jesus. Yes, many, many times. That's what I mean. It's not about every day being perfect. It's not about pulling back your your shirt and seeing a big S on your T-shirt for Superman. It's not about that. It's about getting up every day, going through the grind, mowing the grass, paying the bills, educating the kids, uh, studying, doing whatever you got to do for your your work and your job and your livelihood, making the money, bringing home the bread and the bacon, and, and in the midst of it, Understanding the times we're living in, know God's Word as best you can in proper context, and share it whenever God opens that door and He will um that's what it's about. It's not about moment by moment perfection, our faults, our sin, our imperfections are covered under the blood of Jesus. Now that's not a license to sin paul says very he's very you know clear about that. Because sometimes our own stupidity tails behind us. We might be forgiven of it, but sometimes we 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 do things that hinder us in our ministry. It it sidelines us, et cetera. But it's not so much about trying to beat yourself up if you're not living in perfection every single moment, but it's about direction. Are you born again? Are you sold out for the Lord? Are you truly saved? I believe, and I know some of your audience members may disagree with this, but listen to everything I say. I believe that once you're saved, you're always saved if you are really born again. Okay? A lot of people run around out there saying, I'm saved, I'm saved, and then they go off into, you know, into a hellish life for the rest of their life. Oh, well, we know he was saved because once saved, always saved. Well, it depends on what you're calling saved. If you mean because he shook a preacher's hand or he went to church every now and then or he gave some money in the offering plate or maybe even he taught Sunday school or something, but yet he's lived right up to the moment he died in all kind of shadiness continually um, without repentance that we know of. Well, that, that that's not being saved. Once you're born again, things change. Things happen. Behold, we become a new creation, the Bible tells us. Again, not perfect, but even in days when we stumble and fall, our heart aches and we get it right, and the next day we get up and we keep going. Does all of that make sense, Andrew? And in the midst of it, the Lord is working, and and he shows up miraculously. Listen, in, in, in my years of ministry, I've written about these, so it's out before the world, so I want your audience to know I'm not just making this up out of my back pocket. I've had several angelic encounters. I've had several supernatural encounters. Now, listen, in 36 years of ministry, it's only happened two or three times. So it's not like I walk with the angels every day or anything like that. You know, it's just that God has intervened in my life and I've seen it. I mean, I have I've, I know what I'm talking about. Not only that, but the answering of prayers, opening of doors that I could have never opened. I just would sometimes think about it, wouldn't even deeply pray about it. I just say, Lord man, it'd be nice if so-and-so would happen. I could do this and this for the kingdom if it did. And boom, months later, maybe a few years later, the impossible happened. That door opens and immediately the Holy Spirit speaks in my ear and says, remember when you said it would be awesome if you could do this? Well, I just opened that door. Here it is. And, And so, yeah, I have those experiences a lot in my 36 years. But again, most of my life is just like everybody is, you know just mowing the grass and paying the bills but i try to always be aware that i belong to the lord and he interjects in my life because there are no coincidences in the life of a believer i hope that answers your question it's kind of a long answer but yeah
0: no it really i really appreciate it because i i am so ecstatic you know how they talk about what's that religion that talks about the kundalami the buddhists or what was it the yeah, comes up from your back and you can feel the spirit coming. Oh,
1: I, I don't even, I don't even know. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's
0: a Buddhist or a Thai. if I'm wrong, it's it's one of the, one of those Asian religions, but yeah. I, I've gotten that feeling so many times. I mean, I have got, I have felt Jesus, the power of Jesus just by following, you know, when I, when I, when I ran for the, for the, for the delegate, I, well, it was funny because my, my life would not be where it is without Jesus, without God, because yeah. I follow that path and each part of that path, it's like the butterfly effect. If you take what God gives you, then he will give you the next step. The, the, the piece that you need for the next step has come in the previous step. But if you don't follow that path, you'll never get there. And it'll be a much more difficult path when you do get, come to believe that. But okay. I mean, I, I went in, so I had a friend that said, you know, you ought to, you ought to, uh, go in and become a delegate for Trump. I said, well, how do you do that? And the time wasn't very easy. I mean, you can put your name on the, on the ballot, but you actually were going through, um, up in Alaska when the the, the uh, they were running it from up there and it was really difficult. I said, so I you know I I don't really need to do that. And it was funny because I went to a GOP meeting. And I had all my forms I was going to fill out. You got to fill out to get your petition signed. And it was the date. It was the day before. Now now you got to say I I know Donald Trump. I've worked with him and and I, I I helped him write him into a book that we were working on and with a friend of mine. And so I know I know him really well. I used to live right near him. You know, right in the Philadelphia area. I did some work for him, so I did. And he knew me and he, he knew the lawyer. There was a lawyer that, that was involved when they, when he had his uh, issues with the, with the Barack Obama and, the, and the, the citizenship issues. And my this lawyer helped Donald Trump. Anyway, long story, but I, I had the papers with him. It was like two days before. And I said and, and God kept telling me you, you, this is something you need to do because this man needs your help to get in as president. And I had con- connections all over the state, but nobody really knew me for politically. I went into our to our meeting our, our gop committee meeting and they said are you going to run Are you going to?" Run? And said, well we got good people running already and but the my, i had this in my back and that you know jesus is coming to me and say you're the one that needs to do it because you've got the power to do that and i you know and i'll help you through it and so i went home and I remember you got to have this this thing in in harrisburg here in the state of pennsylvania you got to have it in and it was like the next you know i had t- two days to do it i didn't have time to get 500 signatures when I, as soon as i got home the phone's ringing my phone's ringing i had not talked to anybody about this other than the gop and and this attorney he said, hey is this andy Schechter. i'm like yeah i said who's this he goes donald I said, donald who I looked down at the phone i realized it's his phone number because he saw the same phone number at the time oh crap donald trump he says so bird tells me you ain't going to be my my delegate he goes I, what the hell was that What's going on I'm like what do you mean? How'd you find out? He said, well, I talked to him. He talked to me and I said, and, and she says, you could win the whole state for me. I'm like, probably could, but I, I don't have time to get the signatures. He goes, F literally, F the word F, the signatures. He goes, so send that petition and certified mail tonight. He said, and we'll get the signatures. And he did, he got all the signatures in, but now, now, now I'm up against 15 people running. There's 15 people on the Republican ballot. And so they rolled the dice and my name came second to the bottom, second to the bottom on page two. So you have to actually click next page on the electronic balloting system and find me at the bottom, right? I said, I, right. I, can't, I can't win this. I put my effort out and my whole effort out and I didn't stand a chance. There were people much more capable than I was. But that path kept going forward. I said, you know what? That's the path I need to follow. So I ended up actually not only did I win the election, but I, I, I actually won for alternate delegate, too. And I wasn't even running for alternate delegate. Well, that path is what took me in to meet this Bulgarian whistleblower that I ended up writing a book about that's become like a huge success. Uh, and, and 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 I met two pastors that, that were helping me in, and all political people. And it, it steered me to where I am today, to where I've got connections all over the world. I would not have done that if I didn't follow that most likely path of failure. Anybody that's to say it's too hard, it's too difficult. I've had people say that, but I followed that path. But you need to put that effort into if you believe that you need to follow that path and follow and put all that effort in because you've got to believe and trust in God a hundred percent. You can't make your own decisions. You've got to think and then follow the path you're given and make it happen because God won't make it happen for you. You need to yeah, make it happen. Yeah.
1: That's but good, I, Andy. I, I, that's- and,
0: and I mean chills went up my spine when I saw I won that election. I I, I, I could not believe it. Could not because yeah. it's a whole dis- congressional district you got to win.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good, yeah. Andy. You know. I, I I can give another illustration to that truth you just um, you just laid out in examples of your own life. So many in my own life like that for the Lord and ministry. Listen, again, please forgive me. I keep repeating this, but it's a little surreal. But it does help people to understand that I know what I'm talking about. I'm becoming an old man, brother. I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing life a long time. 36 years in one church on the Gulf Coast, this burgeoning, growing you know, area we're in, and, and just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that live in this area, and I've been right in the middle of that growth for, for 36 years, so I've had a lot of life experiences here, not, not counting the law enforcement, but right. one of the things, for example, when I first started in ministry here, there was no such thing as internet. It wasn't even dreamed of by the <laughs> common person. Maybe DARPA, DARPA was dreaming of it and working on it, but, but when I first came here, nobody had a clue that that was even around the corner, much less everything that went with it, social media, cell phones, 24-7 communication information systems, the storing and, and archiving of information that's just more than the world has ever seen or done before, and it continues to grow. The libraries of the world are packed now on a screen on our desktop or in our hand on our cell phone. You, we, we, We've got the, you know, we can ask uh, um, uh, these search engines, anything in the, you know, what's the weather going to be today? Boom. And it comes up, everything, every detail and on and on and on. Okay. We never dreamed of that. Well, So early on in my ministry, I'd been there two or three years. The church started booming and growing. We were talking about building a new sanctuary because we were running out. We just ran out of room. We had already gone to two services and it looked like we needed three. So we started talking. Well, so all of a sudden denominational leaders from around the state and around the nation started calling and they were saying, okay, okay, we want to help you. We want to help you. Well, they didn't want to help us. It turned out. They were looking for people who were, quote, successful, and they just wanted to tag along (laughs) and then tell people that they helped us get there. And I smelled through that. But the thing is, a, a, a thing that God taught me that has become a part of my life now, and I tell to other people, is an answer I gave to one of those guys and I I just, I thought I just made it up and I thought, wow, how smart am I until I realized it was biblical. And then I've been preaching it ever since and God has blessed it. And that is this. So this denominational leader called me and he said, so what's your goal for 10 years from now? And I said, what do you mean? He said, Go for your church. How many baptisms are you going to have next year? How many people are you going to have in, in your church services next year? Uh, how, how, how big this? How big that? How much are you going to give to this? How much? I said, Whoa, 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 brother, whoa. I said, Listen, I thought I was in the ministry. I didn't know I was running an American corporation. And I said, I, it's, I understand it's okay to have dreams and visions and goals. But for me to arrogantly sit here and tell you what I am, I, Carl Gallupson, going to do in this church and ministry 10 years from now and write them down and make them happen somehow like it's ordained from heaven just because I've put it on paper, I said, "I, I don't live my life that way. He said, well, how do you live it? I said, here's how I live it. I said, I try to be faithful today, to be faithful where I am today. To the best of my ability with God's help. Then I get up tomorrow and I do that again. And I do that again the next day. And the next day, until 10 years from now, I'd find myself right where God wanted me to be 10 years from now. Now, that sounds trite and it sounds almost cliche-ish, you know, be faithful where you are. And then, you know, 10, 20 years from now, you'll be right where God wanted you. Except, and it sounds easier to say than to live. But in the meantime, all of this technological explosion occurred all all manner of technological um uh, assistance to church and to ministry and to my life everything started flowing in over those years and in the meantime i was just practicing that i was just being faithful and 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 so one like you were saying a moment ago one thing led to another thing that led to another thing that led to another thing i i can remember 911 happened and then the next year the county commission Since I was a new pastor in town and had been there a few years, they asked me to come to a 9-11 memorial service. So I did the next year. But the owner of the largest radio station on the Gulf Coast was there. I didn't know that. There were 500 people. He heard me speaking and preaching and teaching. Next thing you know, I'm getting calls from him. I I need to have you on the radio. Well, it was a secular radio station. I said, I don't want to do secular radio. I, I, I'm a pastor, a preacher. A teacher. He says, you can say whatever you want, man. Well, you need a show of your own. <laughs> Bottom line is he puts me on. It was a 5,000-watt station back then, which was the largest in our area, but the area grew, exploded with growth. He went up to a 10,000-watt station, and I think then a twenty-five or a 50,000-watt station. I grew with it. Then live streaming came about, internet came about, then live streaming. Then I started going all over the state. And then people all over the world were tuning in. I built websites, all of that technology came about. People started coming before long. I had a worldwide audience with a 22-year live show, which introduced me to a world of personalities. And so I wrote a book one time just for my church. I was going to self-publish it but one of the guys that was calling my radio station to get me to get guest on i've interviewed i've interviewed some of the most famous people in the world on that show over the years just because people heard about it and so they were calling and and i wrote this little book that i was going to self publish but a good friend of mine was reading it just to you know edit it for me and tell me if he thought it was good He turned it into a major publisher back then, the same publisher that Bill O'Reilly was using and a couple of congressmen and senators. The publisher called me and said, hey, we want to publish your book. I said, what book? How would you know I was writing a book? And so they told me that this friend of mine had given it to him. I didn't even know he used to be a publicist. They told me, he right. used to one. so then they published me the next thing you know I've got a top sixty amazon best selling book on my hands. It puts me all over t v and radio that put me all over prophecy conferences and bible conferences. Donald Trump's first rally in January of two thousand and sixteen. They had heard of me. They asked me to open his rally for him, and on and on and on and on it went, which has increased my ministry all over the world, and I don't want to bore your listeners. I could go on for hours, but the point being, it went right back to what I told that guy that day. I'm just going to get up tomorrow and be faithful where I am, and we'll see, because God is the only one that knows what's coming around the corner. We don't know. We had no idea about live streaming and websites and internet and 24 seven communication. And, and we had no idea of any of that. How in the world is a presidential candidate going to know a country preacher in 2016 that used to be a cop and (laughs) ask him to do his conference? I mean, open his campaign. How, how, how would a presidential candidate, how would that ever happen to somebody like me? That's just one example and but is is just that's how god works andy that's how he works his his word says that right. acts chapter 17 let me give you another verse paul is preaching to the athenians and he's saying to them look god the creator of everything he has set the times and the places where people should live and he does this so that people will revere him andy that means that you and i did not just coincidentally meet and get together, and we do shows together from time to time. God knew from the beginning your life, my life, and how he was going to put you where you are, me where I am, and eventually bring us together as we were just being faithful to him. He would bring us together. The word of God says that, and he says he does that so that people will revere him. Does all that make sense, brother?
0: Oh no, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> I was just, while you were talking, for some reason a, a thought came in my head because the other day I went, we have this surplus store. They sell closeout items and stuff like that. And it seems that every time I go there and it's kind of like, I call it the dollar store, it's a junk store. They, whatever they get that's left over close out. I must've been there 30 or 40 times since they opened up. And if I need one item, no matter how obscure it is, if I need a computer printer or a shredder, the other day I went in to get a, they get a power supply. One of those European converters. I wanted a huge, big one. You don't, nobody sells them. They're, they're giant. Then nobody sells them. I walk in a, in a store uh, and I, I'm like, I hope they have one of these. I walk in this store, bang, they're sitting right there. I go, praise Jesus because yeah. there's no way that that was in that store. That's like, just crazy. It's yeah. every time I go yeah. in and the next time I go in, they don't have any of them. So it's not like they had a stockpile of these things. I mean, it's just crazy. And, uh, and that's, that's and what that, you get. The more you follow the, the path of God, the more you follow what Jesus tells you to do, the more those, Quote coincidences are going to happen to you because God's going to take care of you. He really is. I mean, yeah. I'm just shocked with my life. Looking back at it, how many things have, yeah. have totally come true that I never would have expected I only know, because I, I followed it. And people I tell know, me, brother, you're going to get so you know stuck with that. You're going to you're going to fail. You're going to it's not going to work. You can't. It's impossible. You can't do it. You know, let Let me tell you something. My My, my parents told me to go to Drexel University, get a degree, go out and become an electrical engineer because I, I like to play with wires. I hated college. I despised college and, you know, now I got a ministerial degree. I don't have, a, I don't have an engineering degree. I got, got that later in life, but from the start, I said, you know, God will, 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 will give me the path. And I I'm telling you, I don't even know how I did it, but from with no college degree, none. And I nobody knows this until today, until, until you you weren't privy to this. I I don't think we haven't chatted since, but my sister passed away. God rest her soul two weeks ago. And and she was such a sweetheart, but she she was part of that path. But she said, I'm going to hold your secret because everybody thought I had a college degree. I never said I did. I never said I didn't without a college degree. By the by, the grace of God alone, and I'm telling you right now because I prayed a lot. I said, "Send me, help me out, and 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 send me where I want to be." I don't even know what I wanted to do, but I want to do something in in technology. And without telling you, like you said, you don't want to bore the audience, but I'll tell you that without a college degree, tell, tell me how how awesome this is. I didn't even think of this until. Two years ago when I was up for an election for, for Congress and I had to make a speech, I said, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm coming out. I said, no, no. I said, not that way. I'm coming out to tell you the truth because I, haven't, I, I was embarrassed because I didn't have a college degree. I said, now I'm actually more proud of not having that degree because with that, without that degree, I became the director of biomedical engineering for a major Philadelphia hospital, director of biomedical engineering. I became a network operations center manager for GE Capital, and I was also an, 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 a, a, a senior-level process engineer for Siemens Energy and Automation, amongst other things I've done in my life, without a college diploma, just by praying to God to steer me in the right direction. How's that sound for right. you? That's incredible, isn't That's
1: all- it? It is incredible. And I knew a little bit of this, but I don't know if I knew whether or not you had a college degree, but I knew some of your background. So as you were talking, I was thinking, wow, that is amazing. And that's what God can do. And and again, listen, let's go all the way back to Psalm 23. Remember when I said, even though you walk in the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear evil because God's with you. That's He's right. He's leading you. That's He's right. guiding you. Watch this. Start Psalm 23 all over. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He will make me lie down in green pastures. He will lead me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. What does that mean? It means he'll make all of these connections in our life like he did for you, like he did for me, like he's doing for you, like he's still doing for me. And it's for his namesake so that we can sit here and give him the glory, give his word the glory. Give the gospel message, the glory, get right with your creator, walk with Jesus, come under the blood, get born again, because the Lord wants to interject himself in your life because he loves you. And so he leads us in those paths of righteousness for his namesake, but only if we're truly born again. And then that way we are his sheep and our sheep hear his voice and they know him and they follow him. Right. And he speaks to them. They listen to him. So anyway, even, it all works together. I mean, the scriptures are very clear about this.
0: You can't say you had good things in your life. You can't say you had bad things. You had what Jesus gave you and what the path was given to you. You know, my yes. parents died when I was very young, and, I, yes. I, and, I, and I, I was very sorry to see them go, And but they... You know, with that, I got their knowledge and I was pushed out. did not want to see them pass on. But, you know, sometimes sometimes you got to lift that veil. Maybe there's other things that might have happened to them. We don't know what the path would have been if our friends and families uh, that survived their, you know, their, their death or their injuries or whatever. I, I my whole path right now, where I'm at now, started with a car accident in 1974. They thought I was going to die um, in my sister's car, ran off the road into a tree, t- cut the tree or the telephone pole, cut it right in half. And they, I, could hear, I, would, I could hear, I couldn't talk, and I could hear him saying that he's going to die, basically. And, you know, that was the start. And the, fire, the firefighters came and, and cut me out. And I remember them cutting me out of that vehicle. And from that point, I said, you know what? I'm going to become a firefighter because I want to I give back. When I got into that, I said, you know, these firefighters need ministering. And that's how i ended up in a ministry and it was just a, 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 a kind of homespun thing getting people together to pray on a, on a sunday morning together and little by little we i started a ministry for you know i got my education for the ministerial education and and started a um uh, uh, my own ministry for primarily firefighters police and scientists who are the most evil things on the planet these days who are trying to, to put God out of the world. And yet that stuff they tell you makes no sense whatsoever. God created makes sense. You know, coming out of a big bang, a little pinhole this big, you a know, boom. No, that doesn't make any sense. That's just stupid. But you, but you can bring them back into that. And and you can use that to your advantage. And and and, I, and we had a great, you know, really, really, really great run on that. And I haven't really done that lately, since I moved up here. But it's my. I wouldn't be where I am today at all. I wouldn't be married to my wife. I wouldn't have my kids. Nothing would have happened if I hadn't gotten that car wreck in 1974. So you think it's a terrible thing, but guess what? It's what steered my whole life from day one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And again, when you belong to the Lord and you have that interdimensional perspective of life, in other words, we're just here for 70, 80, 90 years in this earthly realm if we're blessed. After that. Life goes on. it just depends on where you're going to be in god's presence or out of god's presence, and that depends upon what you do with jesus christ and once you have that 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 perspective of life, then you can really live once you know that death is taken care of, then you can really live. Then you begin to look at life through the lens of the Word of God and through what God has been doing in your life and And through that interdimensional lens, and you look back, that's where you see it, brother. That's where you see it. You and I, that's what we're talking about, is how we see God's hand has been over our life, guiding us, protecting us. Doesn't mean we're superhuman. Doesn't mean we haven't made mistakes. It doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean we didn't get sick. It doesn't mean we're not going to get sick again and eventually die, perhaps. It doesn't mean any of that. What it means is, in this dimension of Satan's domain... We have set ourselves aside as a Noah and a lot of our day as prophets, as preachers, teachers. And I don't mean necessarily in the in in the literal sense that everybody has to be a preacher. But I mean, if you share the word, you're a preacher, you're teaching, you're preaching, you're sharing your witness, your testimony. So that's who we are. We're ambassadors for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then you can see God's hand working now, sometimes in real time. I mean, there are times when it's, you know, where where he's moving. And I'm maybe I just whisper a prayer in my heart and three minutes later, boom, it's there. It's answered. Right. And 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 then in real time you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is for real. <laughs> of course it is. But sometimes we have to be awakened to that fact that this is for real. That's right. why the apostle Paul, who was caught up to the third heaven, he said, Let me tell you something. He said, Our battle is not against flesh and blood. I've seen it. It's against the darkness and the rulers and the unseen realms. See, he's talking about multiple dimensions of reality. He said, I've seen them. I know what I'm talking about. And he said, you better be suited up in the armor of God when the day of evil comes. So example after example after example, Old and New Testament of an interdimensional reality that we're living in. And so um, and now even quantum mechanics, science backs that up. That's what CERN is all about. I mean, they know they're looking for dark matter and the portals and the dimensions and what will come out and what they what they can put in. And I mean, they write about this stuff. I've got I've got that stuff cataloged in several of my books and the references right back to the CERN website. They've got a whole section on dark matter and multiple dimensions of reality. So now science is finally catching up to what the word of God has been saying for thousands of years. So that's how we live, brother. I just live with that perspective.
0: The more technology we get, the more we research that, the closer the science comes to meet to meet religion. I'm I'm going to I'm going to pause for a moment. I, I want there a couple other topics we want to talk to. So we're going to kind of shift gears, and we're going to use a kind of an intermission here to to discuss a couple things, if you don't mind. Good. Uh, one of the one yeah. I that ones I I would like you to bring up your your new book that you have out, uh, okay. and also your 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 uh, the re- relevant way the work the the weekly thing that we're going to try to do with the eternal. Oh therapy.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, as always, Andy, I appreciate that. I'm not here to sell a book, but the reason I write the books is that so I'll have a lot of stuff to talk about uh, from the word of God to people, and then I can refer them to the book to check me out because I've got references there. I don't pull this stuff. I don't make this stuff up. I don't pull it out of my back pocket, but I research continually, and then I reference it. That's why I write the book, so I'll be glad to do that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm curious what, what your tack is, because I didn't have, I was kind of blindsided, I didn't realize you had that. I really want to know more about it because it sounds interesting. So yeah. go yeah. ahead and give some information on your, on your latest book if you could.
1: Okay. Okay. You want to do it right now?
0: Yeah. Right now. And we're going to oh, do this in okay. the middle. We're going to do this in uh, the middle, and then we're going to go back to the end, and we're going to cut do some stuff at the end. I want to talk about that artificial intelligence, maybe. I yeah. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Okay. Things.
1: Well, when you said uh, take an intermission, I thought you were going to like really take a break, but you just mean shift gears, right?
0: Yeah. We're going to take a, an intermission into two topics. We've got a topic at the beginning and a topic at the end. Let's. <laughs> okay.
1: <around>. Okay. Now, <laughs> now,
0: now, now's your chance to promote your book and also educate me and my and my listeners on what it what it's all about. And and I'd like you to go ahead. With, I believe it's called. Okay. Uh, 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 Yeshua, the Yeshua protocol. The Yeshua protocol. It's... Yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. about the book and tell me what's. Yeah, about. well, I, don't I might, you. prompted you to, to write it. Also,
1: yeah. Even while I'm talking, I mean, if you want to, you can do this, Andy. But uh, also, listeners, um, you can go to my website, uh, CarlGallops.com, c-a-r-l-g-a-l-l-u-p-s.com, and uh, then you can just um, you can just uh, put backslash uh, protocol or backslash i think yeshua protocol uh, you know and, and and it'll take you right to the website because there there's a ton of information there you look at the back cover you look at the front cover you can see the endorsements uh you, there that book has 40 illustrations in it 40 brother that will blow you away i mean i just i say things but then i say now here take a look i'm not lying look at it with your own eyes and you tell me what, what's there, And then I'm going to tell you what the scholars say. I'm going to tell you what the archaeologists say. I'm going to tell you what the historians say about this. And so that's how I do this book. But um, so you can go to that website and you can read inside for like the first 60, 70 pages of it and, and see the table of contents, get an idea of how the book flows and where I'm going with it uh, and all of that. So again, just go to my website, carlgallops.com there are links all over the front page where you can go to it but um anyway yeah the book is called yeshua protocol yeshua is the hebrew word for jesus most of your listeners know that yeshua ha mashiach that's how you would say in hebrew jesus the christ or the messiah yeshua means jesus of course ha is the and mashiach is is messiah uh Jesus the Messiah, um, Yeshua Hamashiach. You'll often hear people use that phrase. So Yeshua protocol. All right. Now the word protocol is a, you know, a fancy word and everybody loves it. Now there's all kind of movies out there using the word continually. But but everybody most people know what that word means. It means it's a set of rules and regulations, operating instructions for a particular um, uh, a, a particular line of well, it's the military has protocol. Uh, medicine has protocol. Uh, but bi- bi- the biotech industry has protocol. Uh, the vaccine industry is supposed mm-hmm. to follow protocol. Yeah. Um, okay, okay, pa- uh, pastors, we're taught in seminary how to, if you want to study the word contextually and preach it and teach it contextually, there's a protocol for that. And there are all kinds of skills and research material that they teach you how to do it. So that's protocol. All right. So what does Yeshua protocol mean? Well, uh, I I forgot the exact subtitle under it, but it's something like um, uh, uh, revealing uh, some of the latest um, uh, um, i have I've, using the word twice, I'm sorry, uh, exposing some of the latest revelations uh, from God's word for our prophetic times, some of the most astounding revelations, something like that is in the subtitle. But what I'm doing is I'm taking people, believers, most would buy my book, but it's also written for a person if they're not a believer to read it, and they probably will become a believer. <laughs> but I, I, I'm taking people on this journey showing them how there are mysteries and secrets that are in the word of God. And God says this. He says, behold, well, how many times in the New Testament, Paul said, behold, i tell you a mystery. Let me tell you about the mystery of God's will. Let me tell you about the mystery of us in Christ. Let me tell you about the mystery when we will all be changed at the last trumpet. Let me tell you about the mystery. I mean, he uses that word over and over. Well, why is that? Because when when Yeshua came in the flesh, God in the flesh came all of those things collided. All of that understanding collided. And it was all in the Old Testament for thousands of years. But when the fulfillment in Jesus Christ came, now the mysteries were being revealed. And you go back to the Old Testament, and I'm going to paraphrase, but in my book, I've got about 24 passages from the Old Testament that say something like this. I'm paraphrasing, but they say, God says, it is my delight to to form mysteries and to and to hide things and then to reveal them to my children to reveal them to my people in proper time in due course and then he also says things like i will do this in your day and then you will know that i have revealed a mystery to you and you will know this because you have never known it before and you'll never be and you'll ne- not be able to say oh i already knew this cuz when it happens then you'll know that it is i who have spoken it an, an, an example where he doesn't use the word mystery or secret, but there's four or five times when he says in the last days, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but I promise these, these scriptures are there, and I write about them, and I reference them all the time. In the last days, I will bring Israel back to the land in the sight of the nations. I will gather my people. I will put them back over there after being gone for 2,600 years, uh-uh. and I will do them. I will do that to show the world that I am God and bes- me, there is no other. Plus, it's a countdown clock to let you know you're living in the last days. Well, brother, that's happened only in our generation. 2,600 years of prophecies about the return of Israel. And, you know, even the ancient scholars would look at that and say, well, that, that must mean when the Lord comes again, when Messiah comes again, because the the Israelites are scattered. They're all over the earth. We don't know where they are. And and who's going to let them back in that land? And who's going to let them become a nation? And that's impossible. That will never happen. But brother, we're living in it right now. And it only happened just 70 something years ago. And the word of God says that would happen. So there's another example of mysteries that God utters a thousand or two thousand or three thousand years before they happen. And boom, they happen and the whole world has changed. Listen, The first prophecy ever uttered by the Lord himself was in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3.15. And from the womb of a woman will come a male child who will crush your head, Satan. He will destroy your kingdom. You'll bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. Well, thousands of years later, that came to be in the womb of a teenage young girl named Mary, who was a godly young woman. That birth, that life, That crucifixion, that resurrection changed the planet, yet God had declared it in the mysterious, secretive, mystical, cryptic claim that made its way down through the years into Isaiah 7, where Isaiah is standing before a king of Israel saying, for unto us a child, well, actually, he starts in 7. He says, behold, a virgin will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel.'" Well, that will be our salvation. And then you turn two chapters over to Isaiah 9, and it says, Behold, unto us a child is given, unto us a son has been born, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, and on and on. All of that was mystical. Micah chapter 5, Out of you, Bethlehem Ephratah, will come the one from eternity. Out of you. Uh, Other passages in Isaiah, He will open the eyes of the blind. Psalm Oh, you know, God, he will, through Messiah, will open the eyes of the blind, will heal the lame. I mean, all of these things were in the Old Testament for thousands of years. And boom, at the turn of that, what we now call the first century, it happened. And the world has never been the same. So in Yeshua protocol, I show you the. Those things that are kind of no-brainers now to us, to the church now, because we see them. But now I take you into the field of quantum mechanics. I take you into the field of DNA research. I take you into the field of modern archaeology. I go all the way back to the ancient Paleo-Hebrew lettering system and showing you mysteries and secrets that were embedded in God's Word all along that we didn't know until just recently. Um, it's just amazing stuff. And I I mean, I could talk all night about this. Let me just hush in case you have questions. But the bottom line, there's four, over 40 illustrations. Everything I say is backed up by scholarship. I mean, it's not just me wishful thinking or making something up. And And when I say something astounding, like let me tell you what's in the Bible, there's an illustration there, a graph, a chart or whatever for you to look at. And you can see with your own eyes that I'm telling you the truth.
0: That's really. I'm. I'm. Now. 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 You got me curious. I'm going to definitely have to check that one out. Yeah, Everybody
1: just read it. It loves it. Everybody so far, anyway. I,
0: I appreciate you bringing that to us, and uh, our, yeah. make, for our listeners, be sure you go to uh, CarlGallops.com and look that book up, uh, Yeshua, Yeshua, Yeshua Protocol.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I also like you to talk today about this new project you got that we're going to be part of. I believe uh, the weekly. Uh, uh, Again, I'm coming on this. I wasn't prepared for the show, but I know you are. So maybe you could talk about That's it. That's
1: okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weekly broadcast, a biblical broadcast. It'll be a 30-minute a segment, about 28 minutes of teaching and talking. It's called A Relevant Word with Pastor Carl Gallups. Now, let me just tell your folks about it so they hopefully will want to at least give it a try. And I think once you do, you'll be hooked on it. Uh, but if 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 you like this stuff I'm teaching him right now about Yeshua Protocol, and I've just scratched the surface. I mean, oh my gosh, if we have time, I can go into some deep revelations tonight, right out of God's word that'll just blow people away. But I do a lot of that on this show. It's called A Relevant Word with Pastor Carl Gallus. I have a co host. His name is Kevin King. You'll hear him introduce himself. He's a broadcast professional forever, uh like 30, 40 years. He's a born again believer. But he is the general manager of the ADX Corporation on the Gulf Coast. They manage seven radio stations and two or three live stream stations all across the board, AM, FM, live stream, digital stations, and also uh, 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 the the number one country music award radio station when mm-hmm. they, they win uh the 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 country music award every year for the past five six seven years is called cat Country. People that listen to country music they'll know what that is that's a part of the a d x group They don't have any Christian channels but there are believers that work in that organization. And they do have things like my show, A Relevant Word, with Pastor Carl Gallups. I mean, you know, it's right there. It airs on Sunday mornings. The show I did for 22 years uh, that, with that group, I wound up finishing up with that group, uh, was Freedom Friday with Carl Gallups, And it was live and went all over the world. So so we've taken those shows, and it's a brand new show called Re- A Relevant Word with Pastor Carl Gallups. There used to be an older one called Ask the Preacher with Carl Gallups, but we've updated everything. We've updated the music. uh, We've got a brand new co-host, got brand new topics, and it is just getting ready to go live on the Gulf Coast in the next couple of weeks. But in the meantime, I have sent your producer, Ray, I have sent him, I think, the first 20 shows, and we're going to be sending him more so that he can air weekly shows over your website, podcasting, and all of that. And um, so, a, a relevant word with Pastor Carl Galles will soon be airing um, with, with your ministry weekly.
0: That's fantastic! I, I can't wait! I can't wait for it! I'm definitely going li- to listen to those when they come on, and and I oh, hope our, a pleasure, our viewers of this and a lot we've got a lot of viewers for the year when you come on, Pastor. And I hope they'll see that, and, and we'll will join as well because I think that's it's going to be really cool. I'm just I'm so excited for you.
1: Thanks. Thanks. I'm I'm honored, man. I'm honored that Ray suggested it and I said, "Yeah, heck yeah, let's do that." You know, I I can make he's, that happen. So, he's yeah. got
0: a lot of pull. I I always thought of it. I don't want to say as a joke. I mean, I enjoyed it when he came on. I, I'll be honest with you. I never expected to be here today. I, yeah. I had was doing this thing for Donald Trump. The Lord brought me to it and I said, look, we got to get Trump in. And, and and Brother Ray was out there. He was saying, look, we, we need some writers to write some articles because he, he saw I was writing stuff. And so during all that campaigning and stuff, I wrote these articles for and I didn't do a, a podcast. I like you know i can't write writing takes a lot of effort i can talk all day like you can i'm sure you can do the same thing writing you've got to actually sit down and put it into into words and perspective and you got to publish it it's a lot more difficult
1: you have to use proper grammar you have to use proper punctuation you have to make it readable yeah yeah, it's it's got to be in order
0: beginning and end in the middle and a purpose and all that sort of thing to write just a single article would take me a week (laughs) to write an article for him i said look i can't write for you anymore he goes well did you want to do a ministry? Because you want to do a ministry. I said, well, you know, I don't want to get, I do my own ministry. I don't want to get back on a, on a video ministry any, at this time anyway. So, well, how about a pod, a podcast? I said, well, you know, that'd be good for the election for Trump and everything. Let's, let's do it. We'll try it. And my, my goal was that once Donald Trump was elected, we'd stop the podcast. Well, 420 420 podcasts later <laughs> i'm still going strong but yeah. it, it it went in that in that direction and and i'd never realized i mean i thought this is just fun i, make, I mean i get 20 15 20 people on the when i'm on a live podcast but i didn't know where it's going he posts his stuff everywhere i mean i mean the IMDB actually picked it up and, and, and created an IMDB entry for me just for the podcast. <laughs> I couldn't believe yeah. it because yeah. it's so connected and he's he's just got this all over the place. So when you come on board with this, you know, he gets a lot of horsepower. I don't know how he does it uh, for a young guy like he is. I think he was 24 or something, but boy, he he, yeah. punch, he packs a lot of punch. Yeah, he's very, a great guy. Well, listen, partners. here's
1: what I've discovered, Andy. The younger you can get them, the better they're going to do with a technological age. If your oh, cell yeah. phone tears up, give it to your six year old. They can fix it. Yep. Okay. So exactly. if you got a twenty-something, thirty-something doing this for you, Ray? I mean, yeah, they they know how to do it. Oh man. my God!
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I'm riding I'm riding that wave. That's that's all I can tell you. And I'm really <laughs> yeah. I'm really enjoying it. I, I, there were times I felt like giving up, and you know, things you know, get tough times in life. Every Thursday you got to be ready. Got to have a topic. There's four hundred topics I've got. <laughs> so I yeah. every time something comes up, i make making a note. I'll jot a note down, and then I'll go look up a few tidbits. You can talk on those tidbits all day. You don't have to have all that, you know, the bibliography and everything for everything you're talking yeah, about. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, well, if you put it in writing, you put it in a book, you better have it backed up and referenced. And listen, there are a lot of writers that don't do that. Right. And uh, I think my first book, um, of course, I knew better because I did have college and, and ministerial training at the master's level, et cetera. And so they taught us how to do all that. But I never dreamed I would ever write a book. I didn't want to do that. I love to preach and teach. And Right. And, but I started and I wrote my first book and it, I guess, probably 30 or 40 pages of notes, you know, in notes. Now my books have 80 to 100 pages of end notes. Right. And then, wow. you know, the other 250 pages is text where I'm teaching and preaching, but there's the footnotes are there. People can turn to the back. It's like two books in one. You turn to the back, not only do you see the reference, but I have a lot of extra writing back there and extra commentary back there and extra teaching in the back. And and people seem to really like that. I mean, if they're in the word at all, they like that kind of writing. And another thing I do is I don't try to shove stuff down people's throat. I mean, I'm passionate about what I believe. But I will also talk about the opposing viewpoints, and right. I will actually put some of those in my book, and I will actually reference them so you can go back to that guy's website or the, that scholar's website and That's see the same why thing I, exactly This opposes right. what I say. And, and I think if you do it that way and you honestly lay it out there and don't try to you know, cover stuff up, just tell it like it is, show the context. And then take a firm stand where where you are. I, people appreciate that; they appreciate that honesty. So the Lord's been good to me. Yep. In that, and in books that books
0: I find are a little bit easier because you're on the same topic. It may take you six months or a year to write a book, but it's on the same topic. So you're all the notes you yeah. collected. I might I I have stacks of notes, and you have and I I, have, I print stuff out. Sometimes I like to scratch it with a pen and stuff, old fashioned. Yeah. But yeah. I mean I mean it, it's fun because you' you're building your knowledge base on a particular topic <laughs> when I was doing the articles for Ray it was like what be like you got to do a topic on uh whatever on uh, or, you know artificial intelligence or whatever, and I need it yeah. by two days from now or whatever it's yeah. like you got to do a topic on whatever and then suddenly you've got to research all of that that you 've never even heard about sometimes in, yes in, at yes. all I said you know yes. I, that's not for me. Speaking yeah. of artificial intelligence, I want to switch because I don't I don't know where you were coming from when you mentioned artificial intelligence. But I think God brought us together today to discuss this only because my podcast last night that was on the on the fourth of May, twenty twenty three. My podcast was on artificial intelligence. What's the coincidence? You would have brought that up before the show started. What's What's your? I, I'm scared of it. I really am. I, I mean, I'm scared to death. I'm scared that this is the beginning of the end. With with that, What's your thoughts on that? And maybe we could build up a conversation on why, why it was brought up and what you think of it.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, thank you. I will give my thoughts on it. I do not claim to be um, at the top of the food chain uh, expert on this, but I am a researcher and I, I do a lot of media and I'm always digging and studying and reading. And I read as many views as I can get, you know, and kind of, I mean, listen, I used to do criminal investigation. So I approach my Bible study, my book writing that same way. Doesn't mean you're always right, but I do look for DNA, fingerprints, eyewitnesses, you know, (laughs) evidence, etc. All right. so, So with artificial intelligence here, I don't want to speak down to anybody. I don't want to appear to be doing that, but I know there may be listeners to your podcast that yeah, they just don't really haven't made heads or tails of it yet. So let me just start like this. Artificial intelligence, without trying to be corny here, is exactly what it says it is. It's artificial <laughs> intelligence. In other words, it's not it's not a real person and it's not really real in the way that my mind is working now and connecting with my mouth and my mouth is talking. And I didn't even know I was going to say that till just in that split second. Cause boom, I've got synapses firing. And and so there's intelligence there as right. some people may dispute that, but anyway, there's intelligence. Okay. But artificial intelligence, the purpose of it, it they're driving it towards um, being something that appears real, very, very real. So that you could hardly tell if it was really Carl Gallup's on the radio or is this something that's being generated, computer generated, uh, digitally generated. Um, So but let me just go back and make it simple, folks, if it freaks you out, stop and think you, we, I, we have been using artificial intelligence ever since the Internet and computers came out. That's what all that is. That's what a computer is in its most basic form. It's a it's a it's a machine. It's an artificial intelligence machine. In other words, you bunch you punch a bunch of keys and you take your mouse. And I remember the days when we didn't even have a mouse and all of that. And it was the old DOS system and everything. But now just talk about now Windows or I.O., Apple or Windows. you you take your keyboard and your mouse. And you can just click on something and boom, it opens. And then you can draw and paint pictures and you can you can put a, in a search engine. You can say, hey, what is this? What is this? Boom, instantly. All the books of the world that talk about the thing you just ask it, they come up. That's artificial intelligence. In other words, there isn't a little man inside of your computer. Everybody knows this, but hang in here with me. There isn't a, a person sitting in an office somewhere that takes the question you put into your search engine and gets you. Carl Gallup's the answer. is not somebody doing that. It's it's the computer. But wait a minute. The computer is not a person. It's not alive. It can't really think, can it? Well, artificially it can because it's been programmed at the most rudimentary level to take keywords of your question, run that through algorithms that search the internet instantaneously that has anything to do with that and return that information on a page in front of your face in seconds. Now that is what I call weak artificial intelligence. All R- right, W E A K. In other words, what we do every day with texting, emailing, um Siri, uh Alexa, um uh, you know, Google, duckduckgo, all of these different things All of those things are artificial intelligence. All of the apps on our phone now. I can remember when they didn't used to be called apps. App is short for application. They used to be called shortcuts to programs, and now they're called apps because those apps do things. They work your camera for you. They listen to you if you want it to. They track you if you want it to. They answer your questions. Sometimes they'll ask, answer questions that you didn't even ask your phone, but your phone is listening and you can say something in your house. And Alexa in another room will say, The answer to your question is, and you know, we just live in a freaky world yeah. and it's getting freakier. Go ahead.
0: I can stop you for one second because yeah. what there's two, there's two, this is what's my big topic on the podcast. I wasn't, I, I didn't even really think much about this. What most of what you talked about right now is called automation. Where things are automated, where computers do great things with numbers, they can do whatever you want with numbers, but they can't, like you said, they can't think. That's where artificial intelligence comes in. The intel, artificial intelligence actually actually has to be able to pass what's called a Turing test, because Turing was one of the first computer get- wizards that said unless you can pass this test, to prove either sentience or something, because there's a difference between artificial intelligence and sentience as well. The artificial intelligence today has actually become sentient that's the yes. problem it thinks think for itself have. and it learns and it changes on its own well, you can't program the new artificial intelligence that's the really scary part because it'll well, actually think and change itself
1: right 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 and that's where i was going and what i was going to say in addition to what you're saying is okay I, I want everybody to hear me this gets weird it is actually not Thinking for itself because it has no consciousness. But, but with the advancement of quantum computing, this speed of light kind of computing, this instant, this ability to get all the information, almost all the information that's available in the world is now logged and recorded. It's now online in one place or another. And so now all you have to do is gather up the information. So they build this machine, I'm going to use that rudimentary word, but they program it with algorithms to gather information under a certain protocol. There's that word. And that protocol has another protocol that tells it how to process the information. And that protocol that has a protocol has a protocol that tells it how to go further with adding to that information. And then that protocol that has a protocol that has a protocol that has a protocol has more protocols that tell it how to uh, appear to be thinking, if you will, or to be processing the totality of the information it gets to make it appear to the humans that gum that thing is thinking on its own. Well, not really, but almost it's simulating the human brain. That's why it's still called artificial, but it, it's a it's a the simulation now is so huge and so big. It's freaking people out that made it and that are programming it because what they are realizing is once you let these algorithms go and these simulations go, and they start doing protocol after protocol after protocol after protocol, and algorithm connection after algorithm connection, before long, they are actually running things. They're running businesses. They're running other machines. They're running our nuclear systems, perhaps. They've just been talking about that in the news the last several weeks. They're running our biotech industries. They're running our information systems. And it's not that it's not some science fiction movie yet, anyway, where these artificial intelligence mechanisms all of a sudden live and breathe and their hearts are beating and their and and you know because you cut open a human skull and it's just meat, it's just meat and 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 there's no hard drives, there's no wires, there's no batteries, there's it's, it's there's there's no computer up there, it's meat with <laughs> electromagnetic chemicals that produce synapses that produce thoughts and dreams and visions and speech and thinking and Mm -hmm. what i'm saying right now at rapid fire uh you know one minute ago i didn't dream i was going to say all of this but here it is because my brain is thinking well artificial intelligence can't do that yet but the deal is it's looking like it might around the corner because of quantum computing and information storage that we've learned how to do at the quantum level of the atomic structure as well as the microscopic level of the DNA structure. We're learning how to store information in like whole libraries, world libraries in a dot, the size of a ed, the, the pinpoint of a straight pen, a, a molecule, if you will, in a dot can store all that information, and once you teach something how to use that information through the algorithms you're writing, it can simulate simulate intelligence to the point you can't tell it from human intelligence. They think that's where it's going, and it seems to be going that way.
0: And you made such a good point. I'm going to bring this up because you steered me right into this at this point. What I was going to add to that, you're absolutely right that it looks—it's synthetic intelligence, basically. You know what? It's missing the scary part. Number one, it's created by man, not by God. So it's right. not of this. It's not of God's it's world. Not it's not a man's living soul. creation. Yeah. And the, but the scary part is, it has no soul. It has none of God's grace Correct. as part of it. Correct. And it's a scary thought because it could do what it wants once. it will have no problem in, in putting someone to death or in driving someone's car off the road. If it so feels that that's what it needs to do. Imagine yes. if you're driving down the road in your, in your, te- I shouldn't use the word, a brand name in your automated vehicle. And there's a, there's a, you know, a, a person standing in the middle of the road, the choice is to go steer off the road and you die or the person dies. The computer is going to make that decision as to who dies. And it's, yeah, it doesn't yeah. care who dies it, right. it's for the least, uh, it, you know, tragedy basically. It doesn't care about you at all. That's right. a really look, scary thing.
1: Yeah. And there are algorithms. Look, we've already got, you can go on the internet on YouTube and look at robots, humanoid robots that have skin like a human. They have faces like humans. They have body and body movements like humans. And they're, they're improving on it all the time. And they take these and they take them to malls and they put them in the midst of thousands of people. And then they film them kind of like candid camera, And they watch these people go by and they don't even know it's a robot. I mean, people just think it's another person. And sometimes the the so-called robot will stop and talk to other people and the people will just sit there and carry on a conversation, not even realizing that they're speaking to artificial intelligence in the form of a human. Now, if you can take something like that and continue to improve upon it with our ever expanding, exponentially expanding technology and you improve upon its ability to gather information and produce what seems to be human like intelligence, then whoever is coding it, you are God to that robot and to the world that allows those things to operate. This is what these people, the people that are building the AIs, this is what they're screaming about because they're saying, look, you could take one of these humanoid robots. See, listen, China and Russia already talking, whoever controls AI can rule the world. Oh yeah. Because you don't have to have flesh and blood soldiers anymore. You can have these robots and robotics, but with intelligence of a human kind of sort of very close to running it. But but the question is, who gets to program it? So if you've got these things running around in whatever form they run around in in the future and it's programmed to fire an AR-15 perfectly, precisionly, and then it's also programmed to kill anybody that even says the name of Jesus, <laughs> then then, brother, can you imagine the hell on earth? Well, that's what is sci-fi as that sounds. That technology is now in our hands. And that's what the people who are inventing this stuff are screaming about right now. Musk is one of them, but there are many others. Even the guy that started AI—I can't remember his name right now. I read a huge history on him the other day. He's freaking out. He is freaking out. He said, "I never." He said, "I shouldn't have even started this. I knew when I was starting it, it would cascade. I knew it could come here. I never dreamed it would happen in my lifetime, yeah. and here it is." So, so that's kind of my primer on AI. We could talk about it for hours if you want, but that's that's kind of where you know. And to what people, people need understand.
0: To be, what people need to understand is that. It, the Government's going to control. They want to have that the cryptocurrency. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, China's already clo- very close to that. But imagine if during like the pandemic, somebody would say yeah. you can't go out of your house. So imagine if you run to your car, and now the car won't start because AI has turned all your car power off. Or it sees yep. where you're going. You're walking in the street, and all of a sudden the police show up because you're walking in the street and they know where you are. Or and they the come police to your door. are
1: not real people. The police right. are are AI. Right. And, and it right. could be that the AI can shut your water off and your power off if you're not doing what the government tells you. Right. And they can go in and take your bank account money away if you're not doing what the government is telling you. See, and you think Mark Zuckerberg
0: is, is, is censoring people. Imagine what AI could do. It could just wipe oh, yeah. you out all that information. Or oh, yeah. oh, you can store it all there, but nobody can can retrieve it. Other yeah, we will
1: long for the days of Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube and, and Twitter and all that because it will seem like romper room compared to what might come. Now, the Bible speaks to this. Jesus talks about the Well, the whole word of God talks about the last days. Technological explosion is foretold in the Old Testament and New Testament. I've got it in my book, Yeshua Protocol, in case people are listening saying, where does it talk about in it? explosion of technology. Well, you just read this book and you will see it and you will go, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Yeah. God's word's been telling us these days were coming. We don't know how far it'll go, but Jesus himself said that people will die of heart attacks in the last days when they see what's coming upon the world. He says they will faint with fear, but that word faint in Greek means die. They will die. And, and it's like a fainting, it's like a heart attack, you know. I mean, they're describing it in 2,000-year-old language. But, but Jesus said that, and, and, and it talks about truth being thrown to the ground, lawlessness prevailing, and then technology. So look, think of Revelation 13. Just think of this. I know we're running short on time, but just think of this. So it talks about everybody in the world forced to take a mark. Everybody in the world forced to worship a certain person or else you can't work or eat or buy or sell or trade. Everybody in the world will be uh, mapped, cataloged, uh, biometrically identified. Why? Because how else are you going to know if they took the mark? How else are you going to control if they can work or eat or buy or sell or trade? See, and then it says, and then he caused an image to live and breathe and move. I mean, those things... We look at those things now in Revelation. 20 years ago, you could look at those things and people say, We don't really know what this is. We'll just have to wait and see. Now, 20 years later, we read those things and we say, Oh, we've already, we're already doing this. We've already got the technology to do this. We we can do this. And if we can't do it right now, uh in two or three years, we will be able to do this. And you know, it says and in this one that has given the power of Satan, he will have the ability to call fire from heaven. Now, brother, I know that it could be something 10 times worse than what I'm getting ready to say, but we can already do that, and we're the first generation. Somebody sits in an underground bunker in Nevada with a computer screen. They're controlling a drone that's flying in Afghanistan that's being spoken to by a satellite, and a commander gives that computer operator an order. And then that is sent through the protocol of chain of command. It's sent to the satellite. It's sent to the drone. And a literal, it's called Hellfire Missile, is shot out of the drone and blows up a building, a city, a people, a a military conclave. It literally, fire from the heavens has been called down with a command of an antichrist system. The Bible has been telling us for thousands of years and this was coming. We're living in the midst of it, and most of the church doesn't even see it.
0: And it's even scarier than that when you look at the, at the, at the um, uh, lasers and other, other fi- kind of beams, microwave beams that they can send right from the satellites. That's direct fire. Yep. They can blow up other satellites. They can land it on the, yep. on a, on the earth and disrupt things. You're, okay. you're absolutely right that with the fire from heaven. Crazy.
1: Well, this is the exponential growth in technology that has come only in our lifetimes and, and used to be. See, we're the, I tell people this. We're the only generation now that can look at the stuff in the book of Revelation, and I can say these things I'm saying, and nobody laughs anymore. Right. I mean, even the naysayers, even the Christian haters, they don't say, oh, you're out of your mind. No, I'm not. We're doing all of this right now. Right now. If, if Get a book. Read a book. What do you mean? What do you mean you're making fun of me? Read a book. Read the news headlines. Listen to people like Elon Musk and others who are the movers and shakers of our world. They're talking about all of this. It's happening now, albeit in the beginning stages of it, but it's happening now, and we're the first generation to see it, yet the Word of God told us. And by the way, no other book on the planet told us anything like this, only the Word of God. And Revelation
0: says that they'll, they'll be, he'll be able to speak to the whole world. And what generation has, they, and, and people say, well, God could be everywhere and everything. That's true, but the, the, I think it's more to the, imp- the impression that we can suddenly communicate across the world, well, you never could do
1: that in past generations. Now it's twenty four seven live, twenty four seven, brother, all night long, all day long. Uh, we'll, we'll put this podcast up when we've completed it. You'll, you'll archive it. And twenty four seven, it will be available to the right. world. Yep. And 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 we're just one small piece of that puzzle. And no generation before us ever had that, ever. So I'm gonna I'm gonna switch
0: topics here. I think that's a fantastic. I think we've I don't want to say we killed that, but I think we've 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 approached what we were looking for for that. If you, if you could stay on, I mean, I, we, have a, we have an hour and a half, and we actually have ten about 10 more minutes if you want to hang I can
1: stay on for 10 more minutes. So yeah. I, well, I can
0: give you a know, like, real quick, because the other thing you mentioned at the beginning, of, of, before the show went on, was something about UFOs. UFOs intrigue me, because I never really believed in them, per se. I don't believe they're like little men from Mars. Um, but I'd love, you, you did mention it, so I'm curious as to how that fits in and what what, you, what your thoughts were on that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've i written several books about this. I've never written a book that's that's all it's about, but I've got books with multiple chapters in it. And a lot of the things I'm going to say, again, are referenced and archived in those books. I'm not pulling this out of my back pocket. Here's the bottom line. There are a lot of ufologists or uh, the that are like on the history channel, the UFO channel, the the ancient civilizations channel and all of those that are now freaking out because they've been studying this, immersing their lives in it for decades. And they're now reaching these conclusions. I've got quotes. I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have these books in front of me. One of them is in the book called gods and thrones. Uh, I've got several chapters on that. Um in there. There's another one called um uh gods of the final kingdom. Um I've got several chapters on this topic in there with all of this stuff referenced, but top name PhD holding most of them, researchers, UFologists, people who've made their living at this. None of these people are Christians that I know of. I've never read any of their literature that's that admits that. But what they are now saying, several big names have come out in writing and said, okay. I used to think they were little green men from another planet and been studying it all my life, researching. This is my life study. I have PhD in this, but now we believe these beings are real. They are interdimensional. They've been here forever. They've been watching us. They're still watching us. They are not benevolent. They are not of this world. They are not of this universe they are not from other planets. These are closer to what what Christians call demons. Several of them actually say that. They are closer to what Christians and the Bible would call demons. Well, what does the word of God say? Again, I'll quote it again in Ephesians chapter six, the apostle Paul who was caught up to paradise and was shown these things. He said, listen, I got, got a secret for you. Um, our battle's not against the flesh and blood that's on this world. Yeah. Our battle is against the unseen realms of wickedness and darkness, principalities and powers in the realms with an s that are around us, controlled now we know by Satan, the prince of the power of the air, the god little g of this age. The New Testament calls him all of that. Uh you know, so the man of lawlessness Uh, the deceiver, the liar, the killer, the destroyer, that's his, that's who he is. And, and so that's what so many of these guys are saying. Now, now you've got all this film footage that was aired on Fox news and Tucker Carlson before he left and and interviewing all of these Congress people and Navy officers and pilots and commanders of aircraft carriers. And they've got these things on film that are defying the laws of gravity, the laws of physics, Nobody knows what they are. They're craft that they can outrun anything on the planet. They can go underwater. They can go shoot up straight up out of out of sight into the heavens. They're filming these things. Congress now has a committee trying to figure out: Are these things from other planets? Are they interdimensional? It is this something that technology, maybe our own DARPA, is inventing, and they're just not telling us. They said, except that this defies all the laws of physics. And then they think, well, is it China? Is it Russia? Well, China and Russia are powerful. I'm not trying to disparage them, but they still don't have the financial or military uh, power that we do. It's ours is rapidly uh, evaporating, but but it can't be them because we don't have it. We're not even close to that. How can they have it? You know, they were just third world countries about 100 years ago or less. How can they have this? And we don't. So so people are freaking out. Congress is freaking out. Uh, scientists are freaking out. And I'm here to tell you, I have believed from the time I entered ministry, this is way before internet, reading the scriptures and then reading newspapers about UFOs and people being abducted and all of that. I said back then, this is demonic. This is demonic. These are not little green men from other planets. And so I, I think we're living in those times when the world is... fit. You know, getting ready. We're being set up. We're being groomed, brother, by the demonic realm. Jesus said the last days would be just like, these are his words, the days of Noah and just like the days of Lot. Well, Lot is in the middle of Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, here we are. I mean, we're transgendering kids, we're, you know, we're grooming our kids, we're changing sexes, we don't know what a marriage is anymore, we don't, people can't even identify what a female is, I mean, bigwigs, politicians, judges, Supreme Court judges, Congress people, ask them, stop them, all over the world. There, there was a video yesterday, or no, it was today, from a British uh, parliament member, a man. They asked him, what's a woman? He could not answer it. He fumbled all over the place and never would answer it. He was afraid he was going to say the politically incorrect thing. This is what's happening. There's an outpouring of demonic activity, doctrines of demons, declaring truths that are not truth. Truth is thrown to the ground. Science is thrown to the ground. Lawlessness is prevailing. And right in the middle of it are UFOs. And our ufologists now for the last decade have been warning us of these days and saying these are interdimensional beings. There's something to this that's very, they didn't use the word spiritual, but when they say it's what more like what the Bible is talking about, that's what they're saying. This is more spiritual than anything else. And so listen, even our top scientists over the world, why do you think they built CERN? A lot of it was, you know, the 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 hadron collider and understanding quantum mechanics, and out of that came, you know, MRI technology and laser technology and all that. But they also are fascinated by interdimensional beings and portals. Pastor, and, yeah. One,
0: one one thing I learned from being a scientist and a politician is that no government ever does anything for anything that's good. They do it for the scary stuff. They did it for the atomic bomb. They're doing it for for everything that that we don't want did it for the for the, the, Holocaust. And the Holocaust, and the and and, and pandemic that might have been created by the governments, uh, and 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 they do it all under the guise of of research for the good of mankind, and it just is not. Yeah. I, I, I'll add to yeah. your what you're saying about these. They, that's you're on the same path that I'm. I, I don't thought I was the only that believed this, but you know I, I've been doing some reading and different books because I like to see ones that are a little more controversial, ones that aren't, and it seems that if you are a true christian or a believer then you're going to see ufo's you'll see angels you'll see crucifixes in the sky ezekiel's wheel and if you're one of the evil ones that doesn't believe in in christ you're going to see these you know ufo saucers coming after you and all kinds of other scary stuff and you might get abducted uh, and it seems that it just seems that the ones that are, that have been reported by believers are more of a of a Christian nature, like 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 saying you're okay, we're going to save you. I don't know if you've heard seen that or not. There's a lot of these the big visions are either crucifix in the sky or angels or sometimes like Ezekiel's wheel from the Bible. But they'll see those things, whereas non non believers see the more evil uh, things. What, have you heard yeah. of that?
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. And and again, I mean, yeah, I I read it. I I try to educate myself, but I I don't focus in on one thing and say that's what it is. I'm just I'm looking at the whole big picture. Right. And I'm listening to experts and people whose lives have been involved in this. And they see something nefarious as well. I know right. we're out of time, brother, and I am too. I've got to go, and I know yeah, you I've got to go too. as
0: well. I appreciate <laughs> your time, though. I think we've we've gotten enough of that topic for tonight. that I really appreciate yeah. you staying for a whole lot. We spent too much time pre-show, so I apologize <laughs> for that. We, but but it's been a lot of fun, and we are always welcome back, obviously. And we'll have your shows Thank on. You. Thank in, you, Futures And without that, I'm just going to say God bless you. And, and so much, thank you so much for, di- for giving it. Do you have anything to close? You want to re- reiterate your website? If you could, then we'll close. Yeah,
1: I'll just very quickly. It's carlgallops.com. And listen, there's nothing more important than being right with your creator through Jesus Christ. There's nothing more important. R- Romans chapter ten nine. Verse chapter 10, verse 9 says it like this, if we would confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And that doesn't mean just saved, uh, you know, to be with him in glory, but it means saved now and saved from the coming wrath of God because it's on its way and so just i'm just saying put your eyes on jesus keep your eyes on jesus for the church people that are listening that are christians you don't have to be freaking out about all of this god has chosen us to live in these days just like noah just like lot and so just chill do life mow the grass pay the bills educate the children keep your head on a swivel understand the times we're living in and understand who we are we are ambassadors for the kingdom of jesus christ Thank you for having me on, Ray, CarlGallops.com, CarlGallops.com. You can find everything about me there, all my books, a lot of videos, a lot of my television and radio stuff, and your podcasts and others. But anyway, thank you so much for having me, brother.
0: Pastor, it's a true pleasure. And I'll just end with praise Jesus and stay safe until we meet again. I know you'll be back on our show. You thank have you. a great time and, 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 and pre- keep, keep preaching the good, the good word. and you have, And have a good night. Take care now. Thank Thanks you, again. Bro.
1: Thank 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 you, Andy. God bless you.